to it, everyone. Another fantastic edition of Wired In. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I'm your host, Blake Johnson, alongside my partner in crime, Spencer Coles. How's it going, Associating my man? me with crime. I don't know how to feel about that. Listen, I, I wipe my hands clean of any crime. <laughs> you know what they say, it's not illegal if you, uh, you know, don't get caught, so... Well, that didn't imply anything at all. That's that's not suspicious no, at all. No, in fact, no. yeah, it just it completely absolves me of anything. So that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Just like uh, Joe Biden and Hunter <laughs> Biden. It's all oh, you that's know. all it comes down to. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. As I said, uh, we have been growing the show more and more. The the number of platforms now. I guess you can now listen to us on Apple Podcasts. It didn't let me know that in the app, but it's been it's been available for the past week or two. So you can listen to us on many different platforms, pretty much anywhere that you normally go. I don't think we're on Stitcher yet. I might have to do that individually, but Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, I think CastBox is one. There's a few others that that you can check out, but many different ways to listen to pure greatness. And really, there's 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 not really any other podcast that you should be listening to if you want to be yeah, duly I mean, like informed. Rogan? Like, why? Why would you even? Yeah. When you can listen to us. Rogan's he's yeah. he's an amateur. <laughs> We've been doing this compared to us. Yeah. yeah, he he learned from us. All right, get straight. Some would say that we were his mentors. Some would say yeah. that. You know, I don't know who, but some would say that. But yeah, so definitely check us. <laughs> definitely check us out on there. Um, so I don't know about you, Spencer. I I uh, checked out the Apple event this week. I don't, you're not, are you an Apple fan? You have an Android, right? Um, yeah, I have an Android. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like death to Apple or anything, but I, I just prefer like Android, Mm -hmm. um, like Windows, Linux. I just, I'm not, I'm not prone to using iOS or, um, you know, Mac or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm not like, if I had to use one, I wouldn't be like, "Ah." (laughs) no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will was, say, I will say, I like Macs a lot more for like, uh, like video editing and right. uh, audio recording and stuff like that. I will say, I, I do like the, the the layout of Mac a lot more for, uh, uh just for basic artistic like, artistic developments. Yes, yes, artistic expression. Yeah, I am not necessarily an Apple fanboy as far as I'm not, you know, sucked into the ecosystem where everything I have now is is Mac. Yeah. Actually, the only Apple thing I have right now is is my iPhone. But I I recently came to it and I actually kind of like my phone. I, I really do like the the iPhone. It's it's pretty good. But you know, I've been kind of interested in just seeing how the they innovate with their next next year's devices, or in this case, this year's devices. And so I watched it. I thought it was pretty good. They they released some. They're releasing some new models for the iPhone 12. And the what I what I found some of the things that I found the most most interesting was the the first of all, it seems like they're coming down in price more as opposed to the way it was before, because the the regular iPhone 12 is now, I think, seven ninety nine, and th- oh, really? Yeah, and the higher end ones, like the iPhone 12 Pro and the Pro Max, they're, I think, the Pro is nine ninety nine, and the Pro Max is is ten ninety nine, so definitely not cheap, but you know, it could be worse, I suppose. But yeah. the, the thing that was kind of interesting to me is they, for the first time, as far as I know released what's called a iPhone 12 mini which is basically it has all the same things as the regular 12 it's just a little smaller and thinner i think it's got a 5.9 inch display i can't remember it's something like that and then the regular so they basically made an a, a, an iPod touch version of the iPhone 12 <laughs> uh i mean it's a little better than that i mean they all have OLED, I mean, yeah, they all have oled displays yeah. they the yeah. The mini and the 12, they have two cameras on the back and they they were touting this 5G thing pretty much most of the the presentation which I just whatever on that. Uh, that that that's their biggest thing about this new iPhone is that oh, now we've put extra antennas in it. So now it's 5G compatible and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but do they still make the uh do they still make the iPod? 
Uh, yeah, they do actually. I huh. they yeah they do make iPod Touch still. So interesting. I don't know why any person. I mean, you basically have an iPod in your iPhone, right? So I mean, the only I, reason I could think of is if is if you're getting it for like your kid or something. Yeah. But other than that, why would you why would you pick an iPod over an iPhone? If if you're wanting a phone, get a phone. You know. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. So I guess they're. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this, but so they pretty much confirmed some of the theories going out there that the new iPhone would ditch the charger and it would just make a thinner case. You would get the iPhone and then you would get the cable, the USB-C cable, but there would be no charging brick. And Why? Well, <laughs> you'll love this one. So that's huh. true. The rumors are true. They confirmed it. And their their pitch is it reduces the carbon footprint. And... They also are making this pitch that most people already have the charging brick anyway, and we're going to reduce, you know, carbon, you know, we're going to reduce waste and things like that. And so if you, for some reason, don't have a charging block, you can buy it separately. But to me, it's just... I think that's bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just they just don't want to spend money to make the... That's that's all I hear. It's just yeah, they, they don't want to spend money to make the charging blocks. That is see, absurd. The thing is, if you're making all of your models five uh, G compatible and you're giving them all OLED displays, there's there's no longer an an LCD display now. Now they're all OLED displays on this model. So I'm thinking, you know, the 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 ones that are making this, they're trying to figure out a way to increase their profit margins rather than decrease them. So What's the best way to do that? Well, let's just take away the charging block. And so they'll still buy them. And if they need a charging block, they can go get one. And so, yeah, I, I don't buy the whole, oh, we're, we're trying to save the planet. We're trying to save the planet. But it's it's silly. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. So. Um, anything, anything noteworthy in, uh, your neck of the woods, Spencer? Well, I, uh, I had initially, uh, and this was a story that kind of, kind of slipped my eye for the most part, but, um, <laughs> so, you know, Bad Robot, J.J. Abrams' company, right? Bad Robot. The pro basically their production company. They, they've done... I mean, they've done numerous movies. Uh, typically, they've done pretty much anything J.J. Abrams has, anything with his name attached to the director's column of, you know, whatever movie he's, you know, producing. Mm -hmm. um, well, it was just reported that Bad Robot is joining on to help uh, produce the new Lord of the Rings uh, TV series. <sighs> Why? Why? It's like it, he just can't help himself. It's like his pastime. Like he just there's no there's no established beloved franchise that he just isn't willing to destroy at this rate. <laughs> Didn't you share you a, Star Trek, a meme Star or something Wars? of like the Grim Reaper, whoever it was that was going in each door? For the franchise oh, yeah, and, yeah. and killing it, and it was J.J. Abrams, and then he's like, "Let's go in this one," and it was Lord of the Rings next. <laughs> well, and what's and as soon as they fired, as soon as I had read that they fired the 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 lore expert for basically everything Tolkien, who was hired on to originally work on the TV series, I was like, "Oh no, this is this oh, they did this that? is going to get Hollywood eyes." Oh yeah, that was a I think a year and a half ago. Huh. Something like that. Jeez. And so, yeah. <laughs> and of course, now J.J. Abrams, you know, you know, Captain SJW, he's uh swooping in to save the day, as and... always. <sighs> Can, really, is there is there nothing twenty twenty won't give us that? You know, I I, I honestly want to know. I honestly <laughs> want to know what movie has J.J. Abrams made. Other than the Mission Impossible movies, that have not been complete shit. 
Well, I will say, I even though I'm not a Trekkie, I did enjoy at least the first Star Trek film that he made. I mean, it, I I hear I hear that it appealed to like more the the general masses, but like from a lot of people that I've talked to that have been like very hardcore Trekkies, um, they said they were like, man, it's it goes against so much of what's been previously established in Star Trek and. Mm. And of course, look what happened to Star Wars. I mean, you know, like the Rise of Skywalker was well, arguably you, you just as about? bad. What are you talking was about? Was arguably <laughs> just as awful, if not worse, than TLJ. <laughs> they fly yeah. now. They fly now. They fly now. <laughs> it's like yeah. C3, it's like 3PO, you were there during the Clone Wars, bro. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's frustrating. I tell you, I I don't even know if I want to bother watching it. Although, I mean, I have Prime, so I I could see myself at least watching the first episode to see what they do. But well, I, I just I don't know why we need to make more Lord of the Rings stuff anyway. Like, the well, movies, what's weird is the movies what's are weird great. Is, is that it's yeah. What's weird is that it's taking place during the Second Age and like. Nothing happens during the Second Age. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not really anything that happens during that time period. So are they pretty um, much just going to just create new material? Not even try to go off of Tolkien or anything like that? That's what it's sounding I'm, like. It's still a little unclear as to what the actual story material is. But from, from what I've read, yes, it's going to be like... Well, and because they... Essentially, legally, they have to. They can't really, like... I mean, they can use like, like established characters. Like, I think Galadriel's going to be in it. Um, you know, there there could be characters that are established from the other movies, but they can't they can't use any of like the actual story material from like the films or the books, to my mm. knowledge. Hmm. Um, yeah, which which is nice because then. In theory, they can't drastically destroy the canon of Lord of the Rings. Um, but um, it, also, I don't, I don't know if you had, you had seen this, but apparently there's a hard push, uh, th and th this is more so rumor, that um, essentially th that there's a hard push to incorporate like nudity and like like. Like, like, basically, a lot of like explicit content. Oh, of course, in, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, because they're like trying to make it like Game of Thrones. Essentially, and they'll probably bring in gay, <laughs> gay characters and oh my god, feminist, be, feminist yeah. garbage, SJW, this and that. It's yeah, it, it very little of it. I'm guessing is going to actually feel like Lord of the Rings. It, Lord of the Rings was like the last franchise, the last thing, the last intellectual property that had not just been trampled on by Hollywood and and they've been itching they've been itching to destroy it they've been they can't get their grubby paws off of Lord of the Rings well and you know I, I would say the next franchise up to be possibly in danger is uh, Narnia because they're making uh, those they're making those again yeah, I had heard, um, I think they're making, aren't they making like a new Netflix like series or something on it? I'm pretty sure it's Netflix. I don't know if they're going to straight up remake The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, but they are at the very least going to make the rest of the films that weren't made. Um, so, it, but and it's a whole new cast. There's not going to be any familiar faces in it as far as actors and actresses go. But I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm nervous because it's a Netflix thing, and uh, I don't necessarily trust them to handle it well either. So, but I, I had heard that one of the descendants of C.S. Lewis that had been involved in the Narnia films back in the day with uh, Walden Media and, and Disney is mm -hmm. going to be involved with Netflix to some extent. But I don't know if that's true or if things have changed since then it's it's been a while since i've i've looked into it but i'm just i'm i'm just so tired of things having to be remade or redone or 
just any of this stuff. I just wish they would just leave good enough alone and create new things that people might want to get invested into. There's just this obsession with rebooting and remaking everything. And not just that, but some of these things they want to remake and then put some of 21st century SJW stuff into that really doesn't serve the plot at all. Whether or not you agree with it, it doesn't serve the plot. But yeah, I'm well, it's at like this point. it's just yeah. I mean, again, like you've said, I mean, the trend of, and again, I tie this back into how wildly progressive Hollywood has become, in that, like, they have to take beloved established franchises and dismantle them, and because. And, and the reason for that, the reason why it's become so prevalent is because they they perceive everything that has been previously established as something that has been fundamentally rooted in like this evil patriarchal system. And that by dismantling these beloved intellectual properties, they're actually, you know, they're actually doing, they're actually tearing down these immoral, you know, I guess, pillar, you know, these immoral pillars that society has constructed and that, you know, they're being virtuous to a degree. And again, we're seeing that with, you know, Star Wars, Alien vs. Predator, uh, Star Trek, uh, Jurassic Park, um, Mulan. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's never ending. It, it, it won't stop. No. Because, again, because... They have this weird mindset that every piece of art has to have a certain X amount of representation and and these crazy ideological, you know, values that a majority of people don't adhere to. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess uh, there is a story, I'm trying to find it real quick. But there is a story that there are like a hundred, a hundred actors in Hollywood that have, is it signed a petition? I think they've signed some sort of petition or made some sort of a statement that they're demanding more representation of the Latinx, as it's now called representation hispanic representation in films and literally some of these actors have been in multiple movies and tv shows yet for some reason they don't think that they're represented well enough and it's like they're just that you know they're saying that um how one of them says this prejudice is not as overt as the one that keeps immigrant children in cages and separates families at the border or as violent as the racism it's killing our black, brown, and indigenous community members at the hands of police. But when we're on screen, we're often relegated to stereotypes or villains. And it's ridiculous, man. It's, they, it's it, they, like, can't, they can't just break away from politics for like five seconds and just, and just enjoy art. You know what I mean? They can't do that because their whole sense of worth, their whole sense of value is tied and identity is tied into this just this shallow thing that can very easily be destroyed on a whim. Mm-hmm. And it, it's uh, also I don't I I don't know if you've seen or not, but the Academy has actually deemed that uh, certain movies have to have like a certain representation in order to win like Best Picture or whatever. <laughs> Jeez, that, that is the level it's gotten oh. to now, dude. It's crazy. See, this is this is why we keep getting crap movies and we'll get more crap movies is we're focusing so much on having, okay, we need to have this kind of person here. We need to have this kind of person here. Oh, we don't have enough black people. We don't have enough Hispanics. We don't have enough gay people, this or that. Instead of trying to make a good quality movie with a good story in it that people care about, they're focusing on all these different things. I mean, look, there's it goes without saying. And really, it's kind of pointless to even bring this up because it's so obvious. But we, I don't care if the whole I don't care if the whole movie is just black or Hispanic people. It doesn't matter. I want the story to be good. You know, uh, when 
when Black Panther. Yeah, like I wasn't sitting there watching Black Panther being like, you know what we need? More Asians. More white people. <laughs> That's right. More Hispanics. And, and like, you know what I mean? I just I thought it's it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. It really is. And I just thought it was very well done. I thought it was well shot, acted, the story was good, you know, and I didn't sit there thinking, you know, the reason why this movie is good. Because it's almost all black people. <laughs> no, it's good because it's the story is good, and they picked really great people to act in it. You know, I, I just I don't understand how people can just see everything through this lens. I mean, it's got to be exhausting to live in that world. Yeah, but yeah, and kind of segueing into this, since you brought up brought up that, did you see the? Have you seen the controversies surrounding Gal Gadot? playing Cleopatra. I have a little bit. I haven't looked too far into what people have exactly been saying other than anyway, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you explain it. Yeah, so they just, and I don't know the entire story just because I'm not super interested in the movie itself, so I'm like, "Eh, whatever." But yeah. the the controversy surrounding it is is very interesting. So there so Gal Gadot, she's the famous actress, probably most well-known, especially recently, as playing Wonder Woman. And she's just been cast to play Cleopatra. And people are throwing a hissy fit over this because Gal Gadot is Jewish. And she, well, she's Israeli. She was, she was born mm-hmm. yeah. um, Israeli. And they're making a big stink about this because they're claiming that Cleopatra was a black woman. And we shouldn't have someone of Jewish heritage playing a legendary queen of Egypt. And the thing is, if you if you look into the debate, there's there's really not clear evidence that Cleopatra was black. I mean, there's for the longest time there was you know, the belief that Cleopatra was, you know, a Greek of Greek descent and that it, it you know, it, it wasn't clear cut. So they're, they're making a big stink about this. And, you know, there's, there's been movies made about Cleopatra with actresses who played her and they were white. So what's crazy to me, what's crazy to me is that they're claiming that Gal Gadot is white. And I'm like, she's like, not white. She's Israeli. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. She's Middle Eastern, bro. So here's here's a couple <laughs> other facts. So Cleopatra was descended from an ancient Greek family of rulers, the Ptolemy dynasty. She was born in Egypt in 69 BC and ruled the Nile Kingdom when it was a client state of Rome. So, you know... That that's that's the thing. Like, it's not, it's not like, maybe she was. I don't know. But this this whole thing of it goes into other other stories I've seen too. And I we've talked about this before. Back a couple years ago, when they announced, oh, I can't even remember her name. The one that used to play Batwoman. Um, oh, um, uh, Ruby Rose. Yeah, Ruby Rose. People got upset because, you know, Batwoman is supposed to be this lesbian character and Ruby Rose is bisexual. And so she wasn't gay enough for the for the role. And I'm thinking <laughs> she freaking likes chicks. Yeah. I what mean. more do you want? I mean, it it changes nothing. Of course, now it's now it doesn't matter because she's no longer Batwoman. But still, yeah, you know, or. Oh, I can't remember. There, there was some famous actress or actor that resigned their role because people well, it was were like Neil ups- Patrick Harris was a gay dude, but he played a straight guy, and he played a straight guy exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. It's like who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, I just why did? Okay, so are we gonna make? Okay, you you can't play you can't play Captain America unless you can actually throw that shield, unless you can actually do all these amazing things, or you can't play Iron Man unless you actually have a suit. You know, it, it's it's so stupid. Like, why not? It, that's the whole point of acting is you are portraying something that you are not. 
You like know even movie, even if they cast an African American woman to play Cleopatra, there would she's not Cleopatra. So yeah, you know it's like you know when they cast someone to play a president on a movie or a TV show. Well, just because they played, just because Martin Sheen played a president in The West Wing, doesn't mean that he is therefore <laughs> qualified to be president of the United States. He's an actor. Like apparently the the Hollywood cultists they believe it. Oh, it's Freaking. so stupid. But and you know I, that movie. You know that movie Idiocracy. I've heard of it. Yeah, I have. So basically, basically the premise of it for those of you who aren't aware is that essentially over time humans basically regress. Like we've regressed as a species over time, and we just keep getting more and more stupid. Yeah. And I believe it. <laughs> oh, I, I do too. <laughs> we're we're we are hitting we are hitting what is it, the the polar opposite of apex. We are hitting the 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 bottom. We are nearing the bottom of our species intellect level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's kind of the thing too, you know, talk about evolution like, oh, men's getting better. Is it? Are they? Cuz I'm seeing a lot <laughs> of stupid out there. It's like <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, I, and I will say like the majority of people are fine with Gal Gadot playing Cleopatra, you know, I I'd seen I follow her on Instagram and I think Twitter, but mostly Instagram. And most of most of the replies were positive and everything. You know, there's there's always going to be people that are, you know, the vocal minority. But I, I think most people are fine with Gal Gadot. I mean, let's just be honest, okay? People are going to go see a Cleopatra movie because Gal Gadot is in it. Yeah, I also you say know? any rational, sane man on this planet would like why you would be up in arms about Gal Gadot being on screen <laughs> like why yeah like, I, she could be you know playing a panda or something you know I don't know just something weird <laughs> I don't know like as long as you can see Gal Gadot guys are gonna show up in droves to watch it you yeah, know I mean so. she is basically like the female version of like Henry Cavill Mm -hmm. or henry cavill like yeah yeah i mean she's a great actress she really is i thought she was phenomenal as as wonder woman and i remember when she was cast as wonder woman too and mm -hmm. when the, especially when the trailers came out and people saw her outfit and feminists were up in arms about oh how dare she look attractive in it or you know whenever she it, it was like isn't the point of feminism to be like you're a strong, independent woman. You can do what you want. The and standard you, is so all over the place now for it. I I don't even know anymore. I I don't I don't either. I don't either. And and speaking of of strong female people that are getting trashed, have you watched any of the Amy Coney Barrett hearings this week for the Supreme Court? I have. Um, it's been pretty interesting. Um. <laughs> I I just uh, w one of the moments in particular that just went absolutely viral was uh, d uh did you see um I think it was like either the second or third third day of the hearings but uh one of one of the senators I can't remember um I can't remember who precisely but he asked her you know it was like you know we all have our notes and everything here mm -hmm. and we're, we're you know we're all prepared for these hearings like can you hold up real fast what what you know what you're going off of and she just holds up a blank notepad that just has <laughs> that that's just there on the podium and she's yeah. like it's just the he's he's like dude that's impressive it's like that is insane yeah yeah exactly i i did see that and you know i i saw a few on the left try to downplay and say well what's exactly impressive about that and thinking well it's impressive because for one thing this is a pretty freaking important hearing process that you're going through and to be able to to cite and spout off these different you know supreme court rulings and your views on these things and you're being asked all kinds of different questions on how you view this and view that it is impressive to go in there not have a notebook with you and just just answer the questions when you have politicians on the other side with like 
like the guy said, John Cornyn is the guy's name from Texas. He, uh, gotcha. he, he, all them, they have notebooks and everything come prepared with questions and she just shows up and just answers them. Now, immediately after I say that someone on the left will be like, well, no, she didn't answer all the questions. See, she didn't answer everything, but you know, I think, I think her record is pretty clear. And especially if you go to her viewpoints on, Obamacare and abortion and all these different things. I mean, you can find how she's likely going to vote on on different cases that come up. Well, and even then, what what's crazy to me is is like all of these all of these senators, particularly with the Democrats. You know, they're they were you know they they've been drilling super hard to have her be a political pundit. They're like, oh, are you going to support the Affordable Care Act? Are you going to support mm-hmm. abortion? Are you going to do this, that, and the other? And it's like, that's not her job. Her job is to in- to interpret and enact the law as it is currently written. Yeah. It's not her It's not her position to create policy. It's not her position to, you know, just formulate laws on a whim. Mm-hmm. She has to interpret and enact the law as it is currently written. And they've tried multiple times trying to be like, oh, did, did, did you and Trump arrange a deal? You know, did he, did he come to you and, and, and promise you X, Y, and Z if you, if you, uh, you know, uh, abided by his standards or whatever? And she's like, no, I, I have not been promised anything. She's like, I haven't been guaranteed anything. And they, they tried so, they were so desperate to the point where they had nothing. And all they could do, especially Kamala Harris, all she could, all she did was just basically just hog up the mic and just grandstand. Excuse me, about, excuse me, I'm talking. Yeah. Could you let me finish, please? Oh, that made <laughs> yeah. me so mad when I saw that. I was like, really, she more was of just this? Like, she was just like, she just grandstanded about freaking <sighs> climate change, and you know, it's just it just it just was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see the just one of the stupidest, if not the dumbest, question? asked by my least favorite politician of all time. People people like to say that Kamala Harris was the worst to Kavanaugh. Oh, no. She was bad. The worst one to Kavanaugh and the worst politician, I think, is Maisie Hirono from Hawaii. Oh, yeah. She uh-huh. was yep. atrocious yep. to Kavanaugh, and she was just as bad. Not Well, maybe not just as bad, but pretty close to as bad this time around. Did you see when she asked Amy Coney Barrett, uh, I, I, I need to ask you this question. Uh, have you sexually assaulted anyone or have you accepted sexual favors? And the the look on, on Barrett's face, she's like, no. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's like, and even even if she did, do you honestly think she would answer truthfully on that? Like, Yes, yes, I have assaulted people. What's it's it like, do? Yes, yeah, actually. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, and... Uh, it, I will say, I haven't watched a ton of it. I, I've watched some of it, but I haven't sat through the, the whole thing, partly mm-hmm. because I just cannot stand to listen to politicians. Hey, even some on the right, I will I will play fair. I, one of the things I don't like about these hearings is politicians will just take up several minutes going on and on about whatever it is that they believe in and support, which is, you know... Whatever, but and then they'll ask. Finally, after about five minutes of ranting, finally ask a question. She'll answer yeah. it, and then they'll That's go probably on like for a another yes or five no question. Yeah, yeah, they'll go on another five minutes and talk about something else, and it's 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 like, well, this is just a show. It's just a show, and oh, I, but, did you see? Uh, did you see Cory Booker's question to oh my towards gosh. her about? Like, did you see do, when he, do you when he denounce said, white supremacy and she's like yes why the fuck are you asking me this like <laughs> no she didn't actually say that part of it but well, she just said <laughs> but you just, that, the that look on her that the look on her the look on her face though she just you could just tell she's like like what <laughs> yeah well, what does this have to do with anything and then he's like, oh, I'm, I'm glad you said that thank you because uh, unfortunately our president president won't ever say that. It's just, it's just like, Man, oh my I just, gosh. If, if I were, honestly, like, I kind of want somebody that's sitting there just to be like, yes, just sarcastically, like, yes, I, yeah, uh, uh, like, <laughs> and just see him just melt down in his chair and just, well, it's just, 
the first the first thing I had heard from him, I think it might have been day one of the hearings, and he kept repeating over and over, the people should decide. The people should decide. The people should decide. It's like, yes, they have. They elected you and other senators to make this decision, idiot. Yeah. Like, it's it's amazing because they like to pretend that they care about fairness and they care about elections and things like that. But then they'll completely ignore that the people they idolize so much, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Joe Biden or Barack Obama, said the exact opposite of what they're championing now as as a, like with rbg saying you don't elect for a president for three years you elect him for four he should be able to appoint a supreme court justice exactly. you know fdr was wrong to pack the courts when he tried to mm-hmm. do that they did just completely pretend that did not happen and yeah a bit of a hot take actually <sighs> uh i think fdr is like one of the worst presidents we've ever had I you could definitely make that case. I mean, as far as as far as you know, World War Two, you know, there there could have been worse presidents, but at the same time, when you factor, but he in, wasn't. He, in, it wasn't. He wasn't really involved when it pertained to the actual like like military strategy and everything with coordinating. The actual war that was uh, yeah he left it a lot, a lot to the generals I believe mm-hmm. yeah to to Eisen- Eisenhower, Eisenhower. Yeah. yeah 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 I just want to make sure I had that right well and but, um, yeah. you know he he cozied up to Stalin despite uh, Churchill's warnings against him completely snubbed Churchill and yeah. he uh, he interned Japanese Americans people don't want to talk about that mm-hmm. especially if you're on the left his 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 big government welfare policies some yeah, would argue some would argue furthered the depression and got us into trillions of dollars in debt you know he he's not as great as i mean he was certainly an important figure in in political history but as far as great presidents go i mean he would be pretty low on my list too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i can't yeah i honestly can't say he ranks super high for me to be honest it's just, but, I guess better than Woodrow Wilson, but that's not yeah, saying much. <laughs> that's not a tremendously high bar, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've been reading, I've been reading Ben Shapiro's book, his newest book. I think it's the best ways to destroy America, the how to destroy America in five easy steps, mm-hmm. and it's really good. But it 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 came out well before this process of nominating a Supreme court justice happened, but it actually plays a big role into it. Good timing on when I'm reading it because it, it relates to some of the discussions we're having now, but you know, at one point it, it talks about, you know, if, if you look at the, there's basically two viewpoints. There's the unionist viewpoint and the um, disintegrationist viewpoint. The unionist viewpoint is talking about how, you know, we need to stick to the Constitution. We can make improvements. We, you know, that's why we have an amendment process. But these yeah, things exactly. do these things do matter. You know, tradition does matter, and we can still keep to traditions, but also make society better. The opposing viewpoint, which you see on on many on the left, is mm-hmm. no. You know, it's racist. It's 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 discriminatory to believe that all are equal under the law because you know we need to give minority people more we need equality of outcome as opposed to equality of opportunity all this kind of stuff and you're seeing it play out too and it kind of that kind of contributes some to why people are so angry that amy barrett would say no it's not my job to make public policy it's my job to interpret the law because they don't want you to interpret the law they want an activist not an original political pundit for yeah exactly so and you know they they try to pretend they they only want to pretend that they support the constitution if the federal government is trying to encroach upon something the states are doing that the left agrees the states should be able to do you know and but if 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 it's doing something that they oppose then all of a sudden they're against it 
you know and yeah, it's it, very it's, convenient it's 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 when it best suits them but when it doesn't suit them they're like oh time to just burn down the entire system and you're like the uh, hold up with the gasoline and the lighter there a minute like yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, it, so yeah i guess they're supposed to vote on the 22nd the, the actual vote of whether or not to put it on the supreme court is next thursday i believe and more than likely, she's going to get through. In fact, I mean, I've read from pieces from the left that basically said, yeah, she's she's going to get through. So that makes me happy. I would, personally. I would, be, I would be very surprised if she didn't, to be honest. Unless um, some kind of bombshell thing comes yeah. out in the next week, which wouldn't put it past them to dig up something. But I'm sure I'm sure they're hard at work trying to fabricate something up. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, again, and, and tying back to what you said about, you know, particularly the, 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 the more hardcore progressives on the left being very adamant about, um, you know, fundamentally changing the system. I've seen a lot of talk, and I guess this is kind of somewhat straying away a little bit, but I've seen a lot of talk of people wanting to abolish the Electoral College uh, and, and just adhering to true democracy. And I was like... Have you not learned anything <laughs> from <laughs> over the course of human history? Like true democracy is just mob rule. I mean, it would just essentially like like uh, you had put it in uh, whenever we were talking about this. Uh, you know, I think I think this was off. Uh, you know, basically whenever we weren't recording uh, mm -hmm. our last episode, but it would just be you know California, Texas, Florida. New York and you know Chicago controlling the election. I mean, like you mm -hmm. wouldn't have you would have millions and millions of Americans that would be displaced and unable to actually contribute in the in the actual election process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have majoritarian rule, then you know the forty nine percent of people that don't agree with you, well, you're just out of luck. That's that's yeah. why that's why states' rights are so important. Is you know if if a state does something that you really don't like and it affects your life and you just you can't it, whether it's taxes or healthcare or whatever it is you can just move to another state that has a different set of rules. But if the federal government just sweepingly says no, everyone has to do A, B, and C, well. You can't move to another state because it's the same thing there. The only thing you could do is move to another country. But good luck finding another country that is going to, you know, go with whatever policy or whatever way of living that you want. And Yeah, exactly. It's just you should if you really and that's the thing, too, is it, it kind of relates to Roe v. Wade and why, you know, liberals are so up in arms about the idea of possibly overturning Roe v. Wade, which personally I don't think is going to happen anytime soon, even yeah, even with so Amy either. Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. But that aside, let's say they did. Well, if they overturn Roe v. Wade, first of all, that doesn't mean that you can never have an abortion. It just means we're giving this to the states. Each state will decide how they want to rule. And really, that's how it should be on most things anyway. It, it That's why... That's why the Tenth Amendment states the powers not delegated to the federal government are to be given to the states, respectively, or to the people. Mm. So, you know, the states should have more power as far as, you know, you have more involvement in your local elections. And, this, you know, the federal government is not supposed to be the most powerful government in your country if you want, you know— freedom and liberty and all those things so i'm, I'm going off again and it begs the question because I've, I've been thinking a lot about this and, and i'm not and and don't don't get this twisted i'm not married to the premise but i i think it, it brings up an interesting uh conversation and that is you know if people have come to this to such a fundamentally flawed conclusion as to the way we should, and I perceive it to be fundamentally flawed, because again, we've seen throughout the course of human history that 
a true democracy only leads to the totalitarian, the totalitarian centralization of power. You know, whether it be Soviet Russia, whether it be Nazi Germany, whether it be uh, Cambodia with Khmer Rouge. I mean, time and time again, we've seen that the 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 true democratic uh, approach to electing um, officials has only resulted in catastrophic results um, or a, a, a fair amount of ca uh, catastrophic results and which begs the question do people not truly know how to vote? Do people not truly understand the central premise of what it takes to vote? Because and a lot of this ties into with um, you know Socrates skepticism of uh, true democracy and that was you know that he believed, and in some respects, I I would agree with him on some aspects of this as well, that I, I do believe that voting is not some random intuition that people have or are entitled to by, by birth, but it, it's a skill. You need to, it should be taught. Now, the problem in that lies who is going to be the arbiter of properly teaching people how to vote and it's like do we trust in our education system it's like I, uh, you know our education system is not particularly the best <laughs> to say the least so i think again i think we have to come to the natural realization that it's like well the best means of cultivating a culture cultivating a culture of voters that can that is serviceable that's not true democracy but some in some facets and in, so, in, in certain areas teaches people how to properly vote is through an electoral college now there is the argument like you know obviously i think it does need to be reformed i i i, I definitely think there are certain aspects of it that could probably be changed absolutely but just this the standard of you know, abolishing it, you know, again, we, removing the electoral college would only pave the way for the tyrannical masses to allow government to centralize power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And it, it has me concerned because if Trump does indeed win in November, I think there's a good chance, and even if he, even if he loses, but I think one of the next Democrat presidents, I I could see a real push to overturn the electoral college. Whether or not it's successful, I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with all the aspects of what's involved in making something like that happen. Yeah, that neither would, am I. That would be a major, major change in how our our whole system operates as far as elections go. So. Who knows? But it, it's it is just scary to see how more and more people are buying into this as if it's a good thing, and they, they just do not understand a how our system is supposed to work, and b they don't understand history on these these countries that have tried to do things like that with majoritarian rule and how it eventually ends up. Um. So. It, <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully more education is in our future as far as people doing more, you know, investigation into their, into their own. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, so I don't know how much time you wanted to spend on this. I, I don't really know if I want to spend a whole lot of time other than maybe focusing on the social media aspect of it. But have mm -hmm. you seen the – I think I actually sent you a – article on this but the new york post their their story about hunter biden and joe biden and the uh, business dealings with ukraine and burisma i have not gotten the chance to look into it but i do know um a fair amount of the initial burisma story about you know just basically essentially the obama administration creating a puppet government in ukraine mm -hmm. um it is quite remarkable uh, and Hunter Biden very much paved the way. I mean, he he played a vital role in that. Um, 
by being you know with his appointment as a, the chairman of Burisma. But you, you can you can go into more detail into that. If, uh, yeah, yeah. If you guys want to read the story, I highly encourage you to read it on the New York Post website, newyorkpost.com. Good luck actually trying to read it via Facebook and Twitter because they have virtually banned the story. At least mm. as far as Twitter goes, people they so they locked the account. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into this quite yet because I do want to talk a little bit about what the story says. But they've locked the account of Kaylee McEnany, the White House press secretary. They mm-hmm. locked the account of several other, I think, senators and conservative commentators. And it, you know, if if you even tried to share the link, it would it would refuse to let you. If you tried to send it as a private message, it would refuse to let you. Any reference to the story, even if you didn't share the link, but if you tried to talk about the story, it would censor your tweet. And if you kept trying to do it, it would lock your account. And it, it's <laughs> yeah. it's incredible. So, yeah, definitely go and read it on New York Post. But essentially what, what I got out of it is the – so the thing that, that the Bidens have tried to convey, Hunter and both – both Hunter and Joe Biden, is – the, the main thing that Joe Biden has tried to convey is that his son, Hunter, never disclosed to him his business dealings with Ukraine. Hunter Biden, not much experience in the oil industry, but for some reason was put on the board of, well, he, he worked for Burisma, which is a oil gas company, I believe in, in the Ukraine. And he, uh, he was put on there, eventually he was put on the board of directors. And... You know, Joe Biden's like, oh, he's never talked to me about his business dealings, yada, yada, yada. Well, a while back, there was some footage revealed from his time in the Obama administration where he was bragging about the idea that, you know, there was this prosecutor that was, you know, was trying to do these things, a corrupt guy. And I I told the government, if you don't fire this guy, you're not going to get the billion dollars of of aid that, that you're wanting. And, I can't believe, yeah. And by golly, you know, I'm, you know, I'm leaving the country in eight hours, and if you don't have this guy fired, you're not getting the money. Well, by golly, in just a few hours, they fired him, and and all this kind of stuff. Well, the prosecutor that they fired was going to do an investigation into Burisma, which was the company that his son Hunter Biden was involved in for corruption. And we're learning now in this New York Post story that. Not only did Joe Biden know about Hunter Biden's business dealings, but a big part of why Hunter was put eventually on the board of directors was to use the influence of his father into getting certain things done. And I can't remember the guy's name. It's a Russian name. But he basically he met with Joe Biden. And was saying, thank you for introducing me to your father. I really appreciate it. It was a great Yeah, isn't there like experience. an email that, yeah. Yeah, there's emails mm-hmm. that you can see on the actual story. And one part that I'm I'm still a little unsure of is the part about the laptop. I guess this guy got a hold of, of the laptop from Hunter Biden that had, you know, different pictures and different documentation or such of of these of these meetings. But I guess there was also photos of of Hunter smoking weed or marijuana or whatever, smoking something and performing sexual acts on on some someone as he was over there. And just other corrupt things that were apparently on the laptop. And the reason I'm kind of not a hundred percent sure on it is, you know, I'm not 100% sure if it was actually Hunter Biden's laptop or not. They they showed some documentation that seemed to suggest that it was, but I'm just waiting on further fact-checking to to confirm that. But the point the point remains the same though that this prosecutor was investigating Burisma and he was investigating Hunter Biden. He was investigating all of them, but he was investigating Hunter Biden. And Joe Biden didn't like that, and that's why he pressured, the theory is anyway, that that's why he pressured the Ukrainian government to fire this prosecutor, to get rid of him, and they did. And because they, the story came out, 
this is what goes into the social media aspect of it. Twitter and Facebook have mm-hmm. essentially banned the story. And they they are claiming the reason why is because parts of this story reveal, you know, too much confidential information to someone's personal information or it's not been fact-checked enough or whatever. But I guess Jack, I can't even remember, Jack Dorsey or Dory, whatever his name is, the head yeah, of Twitter. Yeah, Jack Dorsey. He's the Dorsey. founder of Twitter. He tweeted out the other day that there was no excuse for Twitter to just unilaterally ban the story without a decent explanation. And so their explanation, you know, was kind of like what I'd said. And it just, it was just very fishy to me. And, uh, yeah. And then that's when they start going into banning these accounts or locking them down and trying to prevent the story. Well, because they've done that, this story has become even more popular now because people are wanting to read it and they're wanting to find out what actually happened. So it's just, it, it just, for me, it it sheds more light onto this the the suspiciousness of the Biden family, and you would think in an election like this, you would want to know did this happen or did it not. But apparently, some on the left don't want to have that revealed. But it it's uh it it's crazy. It's really crazy. Well, and again, there's just more evidence keeps compiling up that, you know, more evidence keeps compiling up that essentially that the Obama administration and Hunter Biden, I mean, in fact, there there were multiple, multiple reports that basically claimed that Obama wanted Biden uh, to be the point guy in Ukraine. And, of course, it would only naturally make sense that he would have his son be on, be a, essentially on you know, the board of directors for Burisma. Because, again, so much of somehow, this, this crazy, huge, elaborate process, it all flowed through Burisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were getting... Uh, again, you'd have to go and actually read the story. I I am trying not to screw this up, but from my understanding, some of the new details are showing that Burisma was facing, facing some trouble because the, the government or some other organization, like a competitor, I think was trying to compete with them on, on oil and so forth. So they tried to get, hunter to use his dad's influence to try to find some way to get rid of the competition in some form or fashion so it, it it's very interesting and it we'll see if it has any impact i i don't know if the story itself will have it as much but the the fact that left-wing big tech whatever you want to call them the fact that they are going to such an extent to ban this story, I think is going to have more of an impact than maybe the story itself. Because as we've seen just in human history, if you try to keep people from information, it's just going to fuel their desire even more <laughs> to read exactly. it. Even if, let's say the story just turns out to be, uh, it's not exactly accurate. The fact that people are trying to ban it it makes you wonder, well, are they trying to ban it because they really think that the, that it's false, or are they trying to ban it because they don't want the truth to come out and it might hurt? Yeah, they them. don't want it to. They don't want it to hurt Biden's yeah. chances of getting elected. Yeah, and history shows if you try to if you try to, you know, to tamper down information and free speech, it just makes human beings want to rebel against that. So exactly. We'll we'll see how this plays out. This is fascinating stuff, but I'm I'm hearing that there's more to come as it relates to this story. So we'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more in the in the coming days, especially leading up to the election. But th- this will be something to keep an eye on for sure. So anyway, with that, we are gonna call it good. I believe here on on Wired In, we'll catch you here next time. Don't forget. Always make sure to 
like us on our on whatever podcast that you listen to us on. Give us a follow. Give us a five star review if you can. We're on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, I think Castbox as well. Several other platforms that a lot of people like to listen to podcasts on. You can find us there. Make sure you make sure you definitely give us a review and and tell people about the show because that is how we get our numbers up and. The more we get our numbers up, the more that we can grow the show and make it better. So that's uh, that's just kind of how it works in the, in the real world. So you better get with the program, guys. You better get with it. I'm just saying. Just saying. So we'll catch you back here next week. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. See you guys.